This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 307 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products and you, our auditors. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Howdy Helena Howdy, Mr. Glenn. What's happening? I just said howdy because I always say howdy, but today I really mean howdy because we have, we're going to be talking a little Western raining today later on in the show. Little, did you catch my little Western accent? I did. With, uh, I caught With that. the Asian thing thrown yeah. in there? <laughs> I don't know where that, can you throw a little French in too? Because we're going to be talking a little French today. Too. <laughs> French, Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get everybody in there. <laughs> I've yeah, been right. in heaven because I've been watching Wimbledon nonstop. So uh, I my, didn't know you were a tennis fan. I'm a huge tennis fan, and, and I used to play tennis and uh, used to coach a te- the high school tennis team for a while. How did I not know this? I know I played tennis. Uh, you know, I actually played a lot of tennis uh, for a long time, and then uh, I hurt my elbow and it stopped. Now I could I should get back into it. But yeah, so I've been watching Wimbledon, much to Jennifer's chagrin, who's been forced to watch w- w- tennis. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I've tried to be. I tried to be kind about it. I tried to watch it after she goes to bed. All right. Oh, you can like TiVo it or but whatever you Wimbledon. people do. But it's Wimbledon. I got to watch it. It's you got to watch it live. Otherwise, there's spoilers in the news and all right. that stuff. What happened with Serena Williams? She was all like weird, right? What happened? It was, yes, it was. She's, I don't know. She got sick of some kind. I was, you know, I did see that. And uh, boy, she was, she wasn't hitting the ball. She completely missing it. I mean, there was definitely something wrong. She couldn't. Oh, okay. So you don't know. No, so they're saying a virus. It's either that or she got really drunk at breakfast. I'm not sure which. Oh, it kind okay. of looks like drunk, which can look like a virus. So, you know. Yeah, well, I've had the flu and been accused of worse things. Yeah, so. I mean, so that's what happened there. And she had mm-hmm. lost singles by that point, and they're both out. Actually, there are no Americans left in the finals of on either side, in the top eight on either side, men or women. No Americans. Can you believe that? We used to dominate in tennis. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Everything's a cycle. Yep, that's true. It's a cycle. We can't be good at everything. Can't or, be good were at soccer. You can't the be good soccer? At no, I don't Not watch either. TV. I don't watch anything. <laughs> I, I don't watch anything. The very the closest I get to watching TV anymore is live streaming some equestrian event. My <laughs> computer. That's it. I don't even. I don't. Maybe a Netflix movie. We do have Netflix, um, and it's like once a month. Maybe we'll do a Netflix movie. Hmm. That's it. Well, then I won't ask you. Did Downton Abbey? Nope. <sighs> Nothing. <sighs> Nothing. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I mean, I used to watch TV, but I have no time for TV. <laughs> I'm All a right. single working mom, man. 
All right, well, we don't have time to discuss all this TV stuff anyway, because we have three guests for you today. We have uh, Darlene Ricker with our WEG update. She is our correspondent that's going to be helping us out through the WEG time. We only have 50 days left until WEG starts. So she'll be giving us reports, and then she will be checking in with us from WEG, uh, giving us live updates from France. So she's going to be our on-the-spot reporter for us here at the Horse Radio Network. And then we have a friend of ours that uh, Jennifer and I met living in Lexington. One thing about living in Lexington is you do meet a lot of cool people. And one of those cool people is Lindsay Jordans. Uh, she's a rainer, young rainer, and uh, working her way up the ranks and has done very well recently. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we have returning with us Susan Salk, and she is of off the track off track thoroughbreds, and she writes a lot of the the cool rescue stories about some of the thoroughbreds out there, and she has another one that's that's tragic with a happy ending. So, we're going to talk to Susan about uh, the rescue story that she posted uh, that she posted here recently. So that's what's coming up on today's show. Coming up, but first, but. First, don't, don't we have like a commercial break? Like it just begs a commercial break. Right I there. know it did, but I don't have one. So oh. we'll go right to Darlene Ricker with the WEG update. Well, I am back with our WEG update for 2014, and I am with Darlene Ricker, our reporter for the WEG. And she's the editorial director and CEO at Equestrian Authors LLC out of Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, Darlene. How many days left? Hi, Glenn. Well, we are down to, it's less than two months now. It's 52 days wow. until the opening ceremonies. And that'll go by really quickly. I know that from past experience. It seems to fly by. Tell us, uh, we just got done with some test events last weekend, and they've been doing test events all along here, but this was test events for dressage and jumping in the big stadium. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the stadium first and, and what we have in that. Um, those two events were held in Donano Stadium, which is the main stadium on the main grounds in Caen. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, renovated uh, soccer stadium, which they call football, of course, over there. So it's really a sports arena. It's very different than most venues that you'll see here in the U.S. It is, it is surrounded by – it has stadium seating, of course as you usually would have, but this is surrounded on all sides by seating. So it's like a bowl. Um, it's very, very large. Um, well, the thing about the soccer stadiums is that the seats tend to be, I don't know how to say this, uh, with with our stadiums or football stadiums here in the United States, they tend to be more upright. They There's a mm-hmm. harder angle to the seating. And what I've noticed about the soccer stadiums, and it appears this one's that way, is that the seating is not as at much as much of an angle. Um, so it is truly more of a, a, a wide open bowl shape. It is, and you feel like in most of the seats, you feel like you're sitting on the field. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're part of it, and that's the horses notice that as well. It, it's different for uh, some of the horses who haven't competed in Europe. There are other stadiums like that in France similar setup, but it's not common here in the U.S. or elsewhere. Well, now there were two, te- you know, two things, uh, d- the dressage, which happened uh, last weekend, and 
they had a number of riders come in to do the test to, to do the test and you know a test event is not a, a horse show it is really a a chance for riders one the, the riders agree to do it because they want to see the venue and get a get a little bit of a head start but it's mostly for the organizers of the event the FEI and everybody else to coordinate and get their act together and make sure they have everything right before the before the main event that's right. It's as uh, Fabien Grobon, the CEO of the uh, of Normandy Games, said to me. It's that old saying: "The devil's in the details." Um, so it, at that at this point, it is the details. It's how it's all the nitty gritty. It's procedures. It's the footing. It's reporting the results. The technology, um, and really, it's how the teams work together how they plan to work together at the actual event. And I don't mean by teams, national federations. I mean the NOC, Norgandy Organizing Committee, the different teams for the games, in other words, the volunteers, the people running the stabling, the people reporting the results, um, because they all have to work together. And that's really what makes a big, big part of what makes a World Equestrian game successful or not, is how smoothly they run. And that comes so down real. that comes down to the people cleaning the stalls, providing the bedding, providing the hay, providing the feed. I mean it's just everything. It is everything. Yeah. And also, as you said, it's not a horse show. These test events are not like a horse show, nor are they a dress rehearsal for the games, which a lot of people think they are. It it's the testing. It's not it's not an exact replica of what will be at the games. And another reason for that is you know, the organizers, and they've said this, they want to leave a lot of surprises. They don't want you, someone to go to the test event and then say, well, okay, I've seen it. I don't know. I don't need to go to the real thing. Um, they set up jumps, of course, for the jumping test events, but they were more testing the placement of the obstacles, um, the light, the shadows uh, at, uh, at, on the arena at different times of day because those events, some were in the morning, some were later in the afternoon. Um, so they will use actually different jumps, different obstacles, and have different decor and decorations in the arena at the actual games. Well, the, you know, one of the things, too, it's kind of weird seeing all the pictures with nobody in the audience, but um, one, one of the things I saw, I read a bunch of the quotes from the riders, Carl Hester was there, and there were a bunch of others there as well. And, and it seemed to be pretty positive from what I saw, the, uh, what the riders That's were saying. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. Overall, I didn't hear anything negative per se. Everything that I heard was positive. Um, Carl Hester, yes, of Great Britain, who did very, very well, of course, in the dressage. Um, and Gareth Hughes, also of Great Britain had a lot to say. They just said the footing was very, very even. It was nice. It was springy. It was as it should be. And they said it held up really, really well. Um, and something interesting about that footing, um, both for dressage and for jumping, they're not plan as of now anyway, they're not planning to water it during the day. You know, when you're at a normal horse show, the water truck comes mm-hmm. out a couple of, several times. Um, that footing is designed so that they're planning to water it late, late, late in the evening. And that they expect that that will hold up throughout the entire following day. They said unless it is very, very, very dry conditions. So back to your question. The dressage riders, yes, they were very pleased with the footing. 
with the arena, with the setup. Yeah, and the barns, the whole thing. I mean, I really didn't see any negatives coming out of that. No, yeah. the barns um, are beautiful. Um, they're they're a lot like they were in London. Right now, let me think. For the test event, they built 200 boxes, 200 stalls. They're building 100 more before the games open in August. So there'll be 300 stalls at any given time. Right then, at, right okay. there at the main okay. at the main stadium and other stabling at at the other venues. The stalls are three by four meters, which is approximately 10 feet by 14 feet. They have, let me see, almost 20 wash racks. They decided to keep synthetic turf, you know, which is what the footing is, I mean, the ground is anyway at that type of arena. They decided in the stalls to keep, instead of putting in something else, they're keeping the synthetic turf, turf, um, because it's kind to the, the horse's legs and joints. And in, and the nitty gritty there is the finalizing the, Oh, the electricity, the ventilation, the the height of the outlets, the all that type of thing. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, then we went on to jumping, and they did invite crowds in for jumping, and they came. They did. Um, the stadium there holds twenty one thousand, which is basically the same as Greenwich Stadium, Greenwich Park was in London twenty twelve. That's twenty three thousand there, and at the test event for jumping. Um, at most of the rounds, there were about 6,000 spectators. So those those seats were about, a, the stadium was a third full, which okay. is really quite good. Yeah. And it was very loud and very cheering. And, of course, the French riders did very, very well, as was expected. Um, and the jumping, and you had largely a French crowd there, although there were other nations there as well. So it was quite raucous and rowdy and um, pretty good taste of what the games will be. And they had a torrential rain at one point, didn't they? Yeah, that was the biggest news of everything. And the thing is, that's actually good in a weird right. way. Well, um, so we can test you, that, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about the I don't hate to say it, because uh, it could be worse, but in my mind, that's about the worst that can happen at a an international horse event. Um, and you may remember, Glenn, at the 2010 games here in Lexington, when they had the test event the, the year before for endurance. Oh, it was awful. It was, yes, it was, it was an entire day of like 10 awful. inches of rain. It was awful. <laughs> right. And Emmett, Emmett Ross, who was the discipline manager there, I, I spoke with him and I remember him telling me, this is the worst day of my life. He was about to hang himself, you know. It was, the thing went off. The test event went off, and everything was okay, but it was miserable. It was you know, miserable for everybody involved, the riders, the oh. reporters, the, the volunteers, the judges. It was a miserable, yucky Kentucky day. <laughs> it was. So everyone yes. was delightfully surprised when we had the actual games, and Endurance Day was fabulous. Yeah, Beautiful. I mean, the mud. Oh, the mud. And, that's one thing Kentucky can get is mud. I mean, there was right. a ton of mud. Right. Oh, it was right. a mess. <laughs> and, and those torrential downpours. And Norman, you know, I, we won't be surprised if, if there is rain in Normandy at some point over those 16 days. Um, so anyway, it's actually good that it happened. And Lauren Huff, um, the U.S. rider who, who competed there in the, the jumping test event, said that she was um, actually glad for that same reason, that it had rained, and she said that 
the footing held up well, um, except that for a short time, just a couple of rides after the rain had stopped, she said the, the footing got just a little bit sticky. And that's something they're working on, and they're going to have that all fine-tuned before um, the actual games. But here's what happened during that. That was during that was on the last day, the 26th, Thursday, during the Grand Prix. Um, and during the first round of the Grand Prix, all of a sudden the skies opened. It didn't happen for very long, but it was lo- just like in Kentucky, long enough. It doesn't take long when it rains that hard. Thunder, lightning, hell, brimstone, damnation, everything. Just absolute downpour. Um, they had to halt the competition for 30 minutes. Um, and poor Dirk Demersman of Belgium was riding right when the sky opened up. So he completed his round. They called everything off. Um, it rained again a little bit in the jump off, but not so much. Um, we did notice that there were, you know, the rain affected the ride somewhat, as it, it has to, to some degree. I don't care how good the footing is. Um, there were fewer clear rounds after the rain. But other than that, after the first couple of rides, after the hold, it really seemed to uh, to bounce back. And that's something that they have taken into consideration very much with the footing in all the arenas um, that they're building in Normandy. So, so overall, I think it was pretty successful, and uh, and it you know looked like people were pretty happy with everything. Now, is that the last of the test events? Do we have any more before the games? Fifty days from now? Nope. That is the the last of the test events, and the organizers have told me that they really learned a lot from them. Even though they all ran very smoothly, there's always something you can learn. And they said they feel they are 95% ready. So they have 5% more. Well, you're, you're never 100% ready. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I That's know true. that. I used to do events and shows. You're never 100% ready. That's and if true. you say you are, you're lying. well well that's great so we just are in the countdown phase now i know tickets are still available there's still a lot of events left with uh tickets available and when you have stadiums with twenty thousand seats uh that's that that helps that that's right you can go on the website uh normandy2014.com find information tickets lodging even interviews with the riders There, there is Pretty much anything you need is there if you're still thinking of going. And there are still rooms, and there are still tickets. And what's your website, Darlene? EquestrianAuthors.com. Glenn, you might want to spell that because of my accent. EquestrianAuthors.com, like a writer. There you uh, go. Yeah, there we go. Well, good. Well, thank you so much, and we're going to be getting you back more often now in the lead-up to the games, and then, of course, during the games, you're going to be checking in via Skype from France, so we're looking forward to those reports as well. We'll try and get them out as many of the different shows as we can. So are you going to be hitting all the different events while you're there or trying yes, to? I'll, yes, I'll be there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Very good. Thank you, Darlene. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, now up we have Lindsay Jordan. As I said, you get to meet some nice people when you live in Lexington, and Lindsay is one of the nicest, sweetest people that we met when we le- lived there. And she is a- she is a rainer and a terrific horse girl. And we're going to say hi, Lindsay. Hi. Well, thank you for that. That's sweet of you guys to say. But thanks for having me on today. Well, congratulations, too. You just uh, took a little <laughs> title here. You are tied for the championship at the 2014 National Reining Horse Association Derby. And yes, thank you. For those that don't know, that yes means she won some money. So, uh, because, <laughs> because like you know what? unheard of in the horse Yeah, world. they do that. <laughs> That's right. I know, I know. It's so exciting. That might pay for one bell boot. In our world. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> now you it definitely did... doesn't cover everything. But Tell us about the levels, because I see the levels here. There's L1, yes. L2, L3. I have no idea what all that means. Yes. So, um, level one is, um, I'm out, I'm out of level one. We'll just put it that way. So there's level one, level two, level three, and level four. And the higher you go, the tougher the competition gets. And so, um, because of my lifetime earnings, which, um, was about $47,000, I was not eligible for level one, but I was eligible for level two, three, and four. And um, so I tied to win the level four um, with a guy named Ron Thompson. That's the highest level, yes. So I tied for that, and I won the level two and three. Yay! So he was not eligible for those. So, um, but I tied with Ron Thompson. He was an awesome person and a great showman, 
You know, to win the three levels was just the most exciting thing ever. I mean, it's by far the biggest show I've ever won, so... Okay, to, uh, Helena, she's going to be able to buy a few bell boots because her total yeah. <laughs> her total winnings were almost forty thousand dollars. A few, yeah, bell boots. that's what I wanted. <laughs> and a, and a, bell hay. <laughs> a few bell boots and uh, a bell of hay, and I won a couple saddles, which was awesome. So. You won. I love this too about raining. You did. You, yeah. You, you win. I mean, not only do you win forty grand, where you actually win money. Not unlike the English side, where yep. you barely win anything. Uh, yeah. But you get a five thousand gift dollar gift certificate from a trailer company. Two saddles yep. from Bob's Custom Saddles. You yep. get the silversmith buckles, a four hundred dollar Smart Pack gift card, and the list goes on and on and on. I know. I know. I it was winning. <laughs> it, it was a blessing, and the sponsors, I mean, you know, to give us the opportunity to win those prizes was unbelievable. So it was it was a great year. Probably like, uh, the biggest Christmas I could have ever, you know, had. So, so at th- at this level, I'm going to, sorry, Glenn, I'm going to get, yeah, like, go I got to get real with her. Uh, I got to dig in a little <laughs> bit. So at this level, um, what are your personal challenges? You You obviously have worked your way up to this point. You've got right. um, great horses to work with, or your your horse is great. You're great. When you step into the arena, what makes your palms sweat at an event like this? You know, um, this level, this this these are the best of the best out there, and you know, I'm competing against a girl who has won two million dollars in her lifetime. You know, and I um, actually raised the horse that I was competing on, and so for me, made made by Magnum. Let's get I've some made credit by Magnum. Here, yeah. Love yep. the name. Um, yep. So I I actually raised him. Used to show his mother, and um, this was only my second big show on him. So really, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to make the finals. That was kind of my goal for this show. There were 216 people in it, and I really just wanted to make the level four finals. That yeah, you know, I would have honestly been happy with that because we're a new partnership and so um to go in there you know I, I was really nervous in the first go because I really wanted to get to the finals but in the finals I was just like I made it like let's just go have fun and put it out on the line it's either going to be great or you know might not be so great and um so I just had fun with it and just was happy to be there honestly well, hmm. I think they were happy to have you there, too. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> except for the 216 other competitors yeah, who really wished true. you had gone home. Yeah, I know. I know. It was it was just such a neat experience, though. It, I can't even, you know, explain how excited I was. So. Is, it, is it unusual for somebody to take L2, L3, and L4 in one show? Um, You know, a lot of times the winners are split up into their individual levels, but um, every now and then, you know, you will have somebody that's eligible for all those to jump up and win it. So, um, you know, it just—I think it—it it doesn't happen often. So, I think that this was a pretty cool experience, um, you know, to be able to take all three levels for sure. So, now this is still considered non-pro, right? It is, yes. So, a non-pro is anyone who does not get paid to ride or any horses like for a living. You know, the open, those are your professional guys, your trainers, you know, the, the guys that do this for a living. The non pros, we do it uh, kind of for fun. You know, obviously the majority of your non pros do this as a hobby. So um but the competition, like I said, you've got people in there that have won over two million dollars. So it's 
Hey, that, hey, that's a nice that's hobby, fun. Helena. We need to find one I like know. that. I <laughs> know, right? That's what I hope my hobby turns into. I'm so. in. I'm in. No yes, questions asked. I know. I know. So. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you bred this horse made by Magnum, yes. but uh, what's he like? He is the coolest. Um, we call him Bentley. That's his barn name. <laughs> and he's four years old. He's a gilding. Um, and, you know, I just remember seeing him out in the field, this little rugged weenly running around. And, you know, it, he has truly turned out to be my perfect horse. And um, I have to give all the credit to Robin Scholar, who is in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we sent him Bentley. He broke him, trained him, done everything with him. He showed him in the security last year for three-year-olds and won it or was third on him in the security. So he had a very successful year, and then I stole him from him um, and started showing him the non-pro. And, you know, he sleeps all day. He is so calm. He <laughs> loves his job. He's like the happiest little horse you will ever see. Um, so he's truly just a fun, fun guy to be around. And the quality of his hay just went up. Uh, <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Definitely. How do you do it? You have a full-time job and a serious full-time oh, job. I, I mean, do. Yeah, I mean, you're, so, you're employed in the, in the health side of the horse world, and, you know, you, you, you're out there, you're on the road, you're doing all of that. So, yeah, you, you are an amateur because you're not out there training horses for a whole right. bunch of people. You're, you have another yeah. job to pay the bills. How do you do exactly. it time-wise and everything? It's hard. Um, I work for Marielle, the pharmaceutical company, and we sell GastroGuard and UltraGuard, and I cover Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ohio. Um, so I don't get to ride every day. I'm on the road a lot. Um, you know, I try to ride three to four nights a week if I can. Um, my horse stays with Robin Scholler in Ohio just because he needs more maintenance, you know, and, and leg work than what I'm able to do. So that makes it tough, too. I mean, most people get to ride every day, but you know, I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that is in the horse industry, and, um, you know, we re represent our products, and they really support me going out and competing, which is awesome. So, um, you know, I'm very blessed to have that position. It's a wonderful company, but it is tough because I don't get to ride as much as I would like to. So, um, I try to keep myself in the saddle, and, you know, it, it kind of just keep chipping away at it, so... Well, that's a challenge, having a life within a life or, you know, parallel yeah, lives. Exactly. I have to be a grown-up and pay for all this stuff yeah. and, you know, and know. at the same time. So you really do have to be pretty efficient about the time you do oh, have in the saddle. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, and I try, though, still to have fun with it. I took my horse swimming the other day in the lake and, you know... It's not a, it's not a job for me. I just, I love, I love it. I love my job. I love to ride. I mean, you know, so it's a good combination of both. Um, and I do get the opportunity to ride, you know, quite a bit. So I love to hear a competitive horsewoman say with, with a very genuine passion, I love to ride. I love yeah. to ride. I love to ride. I love because a lot yes. of times I think some people, quote unquote, get into horses for you know a bunch right. of different reasons, and and then a lot of that gets flushed out during the yes. competitive life yes. or the competitive yeah. career of the rider, and then they and they lose it, and um, or they yes. just never had it at all. But it's so nice to hear in your voice that you can combine both the love and you can enjoy, and still Absolutely. be highly competitive, which is just oh, thank you. 
awesome. It's Thank really you. inspiring. You made me think of my daughter. Like Grace loves to oh. ride. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when you love it, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, did you always know you were going to, um, was raining always your first love or have you done other kinds well, of riding? You know, I used to just ride, like kind of trail ride. My dad trains thoroughbred racehorses. So this didn't really come easily for me. Um, but I saw it at a show when I was 10 years old. And I, was like, I have to do that. I know. <laughs> but I was like, I have to do that. And, um, you know, I bought my first training horse when I was 10 and won two world championships with it. But it, it is still such a passion of mine. I mean, if I have a rough day or, you know, just kind of feeling a little low. I mean, that's my go-to is to just, you know, jump on a horse. And, you know, it's that that truly is a blessing to be able to, to go and do that and have that as your outlet for sure. Well, we only have three minutes left with you because I know you have to run to a meeting, your real job. So, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, I have to ask you because, I, and the only reason I'm asking this is I know you pretty well. Uh, yeah. There's no boy in the relationship status oh, on Facebook. <laughs> What's up with that, when? Lindsay? I know, there's no boy. I'm working like crazy and riding, and I'm putting all that into it. And you know what? When he comes along, he'll come along. Okay. So that's the way I'm I look at it. I think my mom's sweating a little bit, though. She's like, okay, you're 26. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm just having fun right now. So he can complain. I didn't get married till about that age at either, so I, I get Oh, gosh. It. I get well, it. I have ways to go, so... <laughs> She's got Glenn. Seriously. Well, oh. you know, she would have been disappointed if I hadn't asked. <laughs> you know right. what? If you had kids, you'd okay. totally be the kind of dad I who embarrassed your kids yes, all the time. I would. I would have been all the time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lindsay, yeah. we love you. Thank you and congratulations. Oh, thank you guys so much. It was really great to talk to you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, this is Gina Moronic from Wisconsin, and I am an official Horse Radio Network auditor. It's something I'm really proud to do and to be a part of in a small way because it's something that I get a lot of information from. The Horse Radio Network uh, and the convenience of the downloadable podcasts means that I can improve my horsemanship skills, my riding skills, um, or just really enjoy listening to friendly, informative programming whenever I'm driving to work or working on chores or at the barn even. So I hope you find it as enjoyable as I do. If you do, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner to become a Horse Radio Network auditor. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be involved in this great thing too and keep it going. Thanks. Well, coming up next is Susan Salk of offtrackthoroughbreds.com. She writes a blog about uh, off-track thoroughbreds, OTTBs, and she sometimes has some rescue stories, and this one caught my eye. It's a rescue story out of California, and I thought, well, let's get her on to tell this story. It's a tragic story with a happy ending. Well, welcome back, Susan, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I am eager to hear the story about this rescued racehorse, and you're just the woman to tell it, aren't you? Right, I am, and thank you for having me. Uh, so... Um, basically what happened was um, a rescue organization in California, which frequents several horse auctions, happened to spot this thoroughbred um, of a couple of, I think actually on June 14th, and they, um, they rescued the horse 
before he even had a chance to run through the auction because he was so lame and in so much pain that they um, they worked out a deal and they bought the horse just on the spot. Um, so anyway, the horse turned out to be, um, his race name was Return of the King, and hmm. he turned out to be the race, a racehorse who had belonged to a family that had ended in a tragedy in 2008. Uh, the family was gunned down by another family member, and uh, it made national headlines. And the horse uh, wound up at this uh, auction house. I'm not really sure how, but uh, in June, and was rescued um, by a, a group out there called Auctions auction horses rescue and just kind of through the magic of social media uh they worked with Jen Royts who's very well known in the horse world and she's uh, currently a writer at the Pollock Report and they were able to reach out to the horse's original breeder uh James Keogh in uh Kentucky and he is going to retire the horse at his farm so uh. that's basically the story in a nutshell that's awesome. So, so, so this particular group, um, they go to the auction, they're, they're eyeballing things, but clearly an animal that's in pain is going to stand out. I mean, we all know how that goes. You see the, you see the real depressed ones and the ones that are in pain, like right away, they right. buy them on the spot. Yep. And then uh, from what I hear, they actually took him right to an equine hospital. Right. He was, that's right. He had to wait uh, a couple of hours while they got a trailer and then they drove him about an hour and a half to um, to a veterinary hospital, and he was treated. He was X-rayed several times. They found different conditions in his hoof, his front hoof, and his uh, back leg actually had a, a gash in it. But it turned out, or a, it turned out to be a superficial, a superficial wound. So he was treated there for a couple of days, stabilized, and then. Um, He's in return to their their facility in California. Return to the rescue group's facility. So he was so before. Now the the news story that goes behind this was pretty um, it was pretty horrible. But but right. um, King was actually a racing thoroughbred. At uh, he raced where? Um, he raced all over, but he did race. He uh, he raced at Santa Anita, and um, okay. from what I heard, and he earned one hundred seventy five thousand lifetime earnings and from what i understand there's a wind photo somewhere of the um of his owner at the time james ortega and his family standing in the winter circle together with him at santa anita and um and it, apparently it was that was only a month before they all died in this tragedy right that's what yeah. i that's what i understand it's yeah. it's really a kind of a horrible story. I, I actually went, yeah, it is a horrible story. I actually went on, and I had never heard it uh, before, and I actually went on and did some research on the family and what actually happened. It was a family member who, who ended up doing it. Right. Um, but uh, uh, it was just, you know, it was a tragedy all around. There are still kids and, and uh, family that are left uh, that were kids at the time uh, mm -hmm. that are left, and, and uh, there was a new story on them and how they've progressed and how well they've done uh, last year, I believe. So, oh, nice. So the press is still I, keeping an eye on the family. Right. I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I did hear that the Los Angeles Times was actually planning to write about this horse as well. I think that they had been out to interview 
um, the auction horses rescue as well. So I'm not sure if that ever it came to It will not get half the readers that your blog does. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I think um, what, what really um, struck me about this story, besides the, the, you know, the horrible situation that, that I, you know, that what happened to his family was just a horrible tragedy. But um, what struck me was how willing the original owner was to take the horse back um it's it's a up for debate whether or not you know a horse's breeder i I'm, i apologize he was actually the horse's original breeder right and uh it's it, some people say well the breeders should always be you know contributing to the lifelong well-being of every horse they've ever produced and that's really up for debate about whether or not that's really necessary others say it's the last owner who's responsible for that horse so I thought it was really amazing that James Keough would step up like this and say, I'll take this horse back and essentially, you know, pay for that, or, you know, pay for his upkeep. Um, and he's not just, horse. he's just not taking him back and paying for the upkeep. He's going to be doing some really cool things to, to help make sure King is comfortable. Right. Yes. Uh, well, he wants to, once the horse arrives, and I, I'm not sure what that schedule is, but once the horse arrives, he has plans to have these super duper horseshoes, uh, which have like a padding in them, um, put on the horse. He's, he's going to have some expert farrier treatment and he's also going to, he thinks, I mean, he hasn't seen the horse yet, so they, they haven't really mapped out the progression right, of right. this, but, um, they want to use a device that, um, helps to stimulate blood. Uh, blood flow through the the horse's uh, you know hoof and ankle to help promote growth. So I'm sorry, rehealing. So well, yeah, Royce, so, and he's. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Jen Royce, who you mentioned earlier, who yeah. uh, helped get all this accomplished, was the former marketing director for Three Chimneys Farm, and Three Chimneys right. has an active program of keeping track of where all their horses end up. Um, right. Yeah, they're very. They're one of the best at it, actually. Yes, I think, and she she was just all over this. She's fantastic. She, um, she did a lot of great work at Three Chimneys Farm, uh, kind of spearheading their, I don't know what their program is called, but essentially their, um, their, not aftercare program, but their efforts on behalf of, you know, horses that have come out of Three Chimneys Sires, as well as just helping with, with other, you know, horses who find themselves in a difficult place. She's been, kind of at the forefront, I think, um, of Stallion Farms. She, or she's one of the top uh, top crusaders in this. I think she's also still on the mem- uh, still a board member of the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance, which was formed last year, I think, and which is a funding charity that helps fun- funnel money from the racing industry to accredited uh, thoroughbred nonprofits. So she's very much got her hands involved with many facets of um, thoroughbred rescue. Huh. Very interesting. Well, we're glad that uh, King ends up, uh, he's going to, and if you're going to retire and going to yeah. be a pasture ornament, you might as well do it around Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. So good. You got, yes. <laughs> you got a pretty good life with that with that in mind. So uh right. we're 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 very glad. We always love to hear the happy stories uh of okay. horses ending up in a in a nice place and a nice retirement. So thank you, Susan, for, for filling you. us in. It's off track thoroughbreds.com if you want to check out her blog and all the writing she does. 
OffTrackThoroughbreds.com is the place to go. Thank you, Susan. Awesome. Thank you. Nice to talk with you. Take care. Okay. Uh, Have a good weekend. You too, Susan. (laughs) We'll see you. Bye-bye. I love to hear a nice story that has a happy ending. I know. It didn't have such a good start, but it had a happy ending. No, I guess you can't call it a nice story. You can call it a nice ending. Yeah. But I love the fact that, um, you know, that his breeder is going to, like, do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. And they have a, certainly have the vet clinics in Lexington to do that, so. Yeah. it's And it's a good, it is. It's a nice ending, and we can't get enough of these. We can't get well, enough these. Right. But, um, all right, so what else? That's it, right? That's it. That's all we've got for you this week. That's all we've yeah. got. I have. I do have to um, do a shout-out or give a shout-out. I hate that phrase, shout-out. I know. Ugh, it's so but it's stupid. a radio thing. We're, like, expected to do it. I know. Let's, <laughs> let, let me, let's see if I can quickly come up with it. I would like to a publicly. I would like to. I would like, if I was a horse, I would winnie. Okay. I would, no, I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a nicker. That's why we call it the Daily Winnie. <laughs> I would nicker to somebody, you know, that's a close and sort of personal thing, but I would winnie to Tipperary, um, Tipperary Helmets, because, uh, well, Gracie got bumped off a pony last weekend, and oh, I didn't she know. got she got dumped twice, and she got dumped dumped good. Well, the first time she got dumped and she landed on her feet. The second time she uh, didn't land on her feet, she hit, as most of us do, with your tushy, you know, your hip, and then mm-hmm. your head lovingly accelerates into the ground. And um, luckily, ponies are not that big, so Gracie's just fine. But she was wearing her Tipperary helmet. And I have to tell you, for a kid who is so sensitive to her equipment, not that I know where she gets it from, um, she's just constantly adjusting helmets, trying to find that perfect fit so the chin strap doesn't bother her and the helmet doesn't move around and blah, 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 blah. Well, she loves her Tipperary helmet so much. It's so comfortable on her. She wears it exactly the way she's supposed to. Nice and snug. It's a perfect fit. And it really protected her noodle last weekend. She she definitely had her brains juggled around a bit. And it would have been a lot worse if she didn't have her helmet on. So thank you to Tipperary for having such a thoughtful and useful design in your helmets. Well, don't forget you can get our app. It's the easiest and quickest way to listen to the shows. Just go to the App Store at iOS or Android and search for Horse Radio Network. And it's free. It's easy. Uh, A lot of people listening to the app now from all over the world. If you listen to the show from another country, we would love to get you on for a listener highlight. We did over in the driving show this week. We talked to a couple Italian people who drive (laughs) and listen to our show while they're driving to their horses. So uh, we love to hear from people around the world. So if you drop us a note, we'd be happy to get you on the air. And you can find Helena at sparkleandboom.com. You can log on there and send me an email, or you can find me on Facebook. Just search, or just send me a message under Stable Scoop. I'm there all the time. Many thanks to our sponsors this week, Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com, and you, our auditors. That's it for this week, Alina. Well, that is plenty. However, there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping.